are about to hear a life-changing message preached at Revival International Memphis by the Reverend Kojo Orleans Lindsay. In Hebrews 10 verse 25, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. In this Sunday's message, Reverend Lindsay preaches an anointed message entitled, The Power of the Assembly. If the church does not get together as one body, there is no use. The assembly provokes you to love and to do good works. The assembly is a place of edification and encouragement. So let us all be encouraged to pursue continuous fellowship and assembly, growing in Christ Jesus together. Be blessed. Nothing. Just a simple daddy. Help me. Daddy, I need you. There's a reason why Jesus Christ said, when you come to the Lord, the Lord's prayer, for the first time, he said, say, our Father which art in heaven. The Jews didn't like it. How can you call God your Father? But that's exactly what we are, what he is to us. A Father. Somebody's tears are being wiped away. Somebody's sorrows are being eroded. Somebody's prayers are being answered. Somebody's being comforted. You came to the right place. Father, thank you. Your word says, wherever two or three gather in your name, there you are in the midst of us. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Speak to us. Speak to us. Touch and make a difference in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Now that you've spoken to your father, speak to your brother. Speak to somebody. Say something nice. Tell somebody you've dressed nicely. Give somebody a hug. Say somebody to say hello to someone. Don't just walk away. Talk to somebody you didn't know. Say hello. Don't just stand there. Talk to somebody you didn't know you not, not normally talk to. Yeah. I hear somebody say, I like your shoes. Yeah, I like your shoes too. Although it's not as nice as mine. You're blessed. I like, I like your makeup. I like your dress. Be nice to somebody. Smile. I like your chin. God bless you all. Please, you may be seated. That's how family should be. This is real. God bless you. If God is real as your father, then your brother is real as a sibling. Say amen. That is what I'm talking about. I want to be in a church that's a family. Not a church that's like deity. I sit by you like you are a log. You don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. Today I sat on the plane coming here. And there was a guy who sat. When he was coming, I said, hello. And he gave me, hi, how are you? By the time I put earphones, earplugs, and I slept. And I said, wow. And at a point, I also wanted to sleep. And the window was just up like that. There was sun coming in. I said, please, bring it down. Oh, I just stretched forth and I brought the window down myself. I could even talk to him to bring a window down. What kind of thing is that? Some of us, this is how we behave in church. We treat each other the way we treat God. Yeah. I'll say it again. Tell someone, don't treat me like you treat God. So God in his Bible says, you see, if the person who sits by you, who you know, you cannot laugh. How can you say you love God? God says, I hate this. 
God says, I will be as real as you make your brother real. Yeah. I'll say it again. He said, you, you claim you love me. You claim you love me. If you don't love the brother that you can see physically, physical love, how can you say you love me that you can't see? That's why today I tell you, stop treating God like God. Like, in fact, like a God. A God. Deity. Paul went to Athens one day and found the people worshipping in Acts chapter 17. And then they, they had all these things they worshipped with. And one of the things they had inscribed to the unknown God whom we worshipped. Unknown God whom we worship. Unknown God. You don't know him and you worship him. I'm not surprised because you treat the brother as if you don't know him. Yeah. I was watching you as you were, I said, say hello, hug somebody. Some people were standing like statues. God is like a statue to you too. God is, says that if you can love him, you can love me. There's no love. Let me tell you, your best relationship with God is exemplified in the way you treat others. It's true. See a nice person who's nice to other people, God likes the person. Most likely. But that is the reason why when there was a problem between Adam and Eve, it affected their relationship with God. Yeah. And you know, when their relationship was good, they had a good relationship with God. But Satan destroyed their relationship on the way to destroying their relationship with God. That was it. That was the plan. So tell somebody, I'm going to love you the way I would like to love God. See, they can't look at you, they can't love God. I'll say it again. Try it again. Tell somebody, I will love you the way I love God. You see, Acts 17, 23. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. Somebody say, many shrines. Some of you treat the church as a shrine. And one of your altars had this inscription, to the unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. Tell someone, listen. The pastor is telling you about the God that you claim you serve. Tell somebody, God lives in me. You want to access God? Access me. Access me. Yeah. This is the temple of the living God, not what you see. I'll say it again. Say, tell somebody, I am the temple of the living God. If you can't access me, you can't access the church. Did you know Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the temple of the Lord? You really want to access God? The way you access me gives you a key to accessing God. Tesla, stop treating me like a log. I'm human. Talk to me. Smile to me. Relate with me. Join something in church. Frisa, you can't just come to church. Hi, the next time is bye. Talk to me. Smokey, have you spoken? Have you said hello to Frisaya? 
You got I even got a date. Clap for Jesus. <laughs> That's how church should be. Sarah, what is her name? Tamira. I thought I was going to get you. McCoy. Do you know his name? Why? You see, this is the unknown God who we serve. You don't know him. Find out his name, please. Just do it. Find out. Man Manuel, God with us, but we don't know him. You are sitting by Emmanuel. God with us. But to the unknown God. Yeah, Emmanuel. Do you know his name? You just found out. God is with you. I saw you finding out. Yeah. I just saw you finding out. Do you know his name? Ah, uh, you slept with him. Okay, okay. Clap for Jesus. That's a husband. That's a husband. Clap for them. Clap for them. That's the husband. Came from the same house. I said, did I say something wrong? Okay. What is this? I don't like it at all. When I see from here, people sit on the stage, they say nothing to their brother, sister, and they walk out. You did not access God. Tell somebody I'm changing. Tell somebody we are changing. Tell somebody our church is changing. It's a family. If you don't make God's people your family, God is not going to be your family. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus said, I brought only one commandment that you'll have love one for another. You can't love your brother. You can't love God. Never tell me you love God. You don't love God if you don't love me. Never, never, no, don't even deceive yourself. Those are the people who will say, I don't know you because you didn't know anybody. Did you hear that? Isabella, do you know his name? You just found out. Okay, did you, do you know her name? What's, what's her name? Isabella. Oh, I just said it. It's going to get better. Tell somebody it's going to get better. It's going to get better. We're changing. We're changing. We better. Says, this is the temple of the living God. This is a temple of God. If you can't treat this well, you're going to church will not benefit you. Believe me. Believe me. Yeah. When Peter was being asked by Jesus, Do you love me? in John 21, from verse 15, See, I love you. Then he said, If you love me, then show it by this the way you treat these people. That was Peter. 
so peter i care that you are my assistant pastor the same thing will apply to you if you love me then feed these people feed them strengthen them help them help raise them teach them guide them you love jesus reflect it on you know you see somebody who loves you the way the person treats your children oh yeah just last week i was out you know i traveled and then you know there were some two girls who came to live with us for a whole week now i found out i was traveling just the day before two days before they were supposed to come you know what i did i changed their flights to come a day earlier so that i'll have at least 24 to 48 hours with them yeah i paid for extra for them to come and i spent those days with them and then last week their mother called me so oh, thank you for loving my girls you know what i told her i told her it's not your girls i love it's their mother i love she was so touched no touch that's one of our lady pastors she brought her children yeah i said what you're seeing the love you're seeing in the children is because i love your their mother yes what you see in the way i treat you is because i love your father god your father amen and i want you to help me to love god by loving each other clap for the lord jesus today i want to share with you something very powerful somebody say something very powerful it's always powerful isn't it by the grace of god today i want to talk to you about the power of the assembly the power of the assembly amen the power of coming together the power of assembling amen you know something you can have different parts of a car but if there's no assembly line to put the car together there will be no car you're joking you are just carrying junk spare parts if the church as individuals don't get together there'll be no use so the bible says in hebrews chapter 10 from verse 25 he says that not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the habit or manner of some is but rather encouraging one another to do it so much the more as you see the day approaching did you hear that that we should not forsaken not be forsaken assembling ourselves together assembling someone say assemble we should not forsake we should not give up on assembling ourselves together and because it's the manner it's the habit of some but we should encourage one another tell somebody i'm encouraging you to be part of the assembly and so much the more as you see the day approaching 
did you know that your car is an assembly did you know that how many came came here by a car whether it was not yours or it was yours everybody well if you would you have come here with just a tire <laughs> you had a tire what about just the door well after all you just need a seat if it was just a seat would you have been here ladies and gentlemen God says that don't take lightly the importance of assembling together that is what brings functionality that's what brings value that's what brings usefulness to any Christian person until then you are just a spare part and the part is spare a spare the part you are a part of it but you are spare spare tire never is useful until it decides to be a, join the assembly now seriously seriously tires are useless a part but it's spare i don't want to be a spare tire i don't want to be just a spare tire and that was my life until i joined the assembly the assembling plant is such a powerful thing let me tell you the assembling you see a, something they read assembled at assembled at. sometimes the parts are made without value in china yeah i mean do you know that most many of the things that you see they are put together they are they are they are prepared made in china not because america cannot do it but it's cheaper the value is lower in china or in other parts if those same parts were manufactured here it will cost three times four times more so they manufacture them in china and in places where things are cheap low value guess what puts value guess what makes it more valuable they are assembling so they carry it from china they export it back to the united states now these cheap parts are now put together and because they are put together in the united states they put it made in the united states but actually was manufactured individually from china and suddenly value is added your value increases no matter who you are whether you are chinese your home is a chinese house it is a whatever house once you get into church and join the assembly value is added to you clap for the lord jesus you become more useful to the kingdom you become more valuable to the angels you become that is why this scripture does not stand by itself hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says not forsaking us try and write notes when you come to church okay not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is as the habit of some is but encouraging or exhorting one another and doing it so much the more as you see the day approaching did you know that it doesn't stand there by itself it starts from verse 24 he said we should consider one another to provoke one another to love and to good work. King James says to provoke. The word is provoke. One another. 
to love and to good works. In other words, the assembly makes you now be provoked to what you are called to do, love and for good works. Until then, you don't feel like activating your love and your good works. Many, if it wasn't for the church, this is a good work I'm doing. Preaching that I'm preaching, getting people together, it's good work. It's love. Yeah. Bible says that consider one another. Consider. Consider one another. Be very particularly attentive and, 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 and focus on one another. To provoke one another to love and good works. By what? By the assembling. Yeah. You see the ladies and the gentlemen who did the play. This is love and good works. Good works. They're putting up a skit that encourages you. Some of us, just by looking at what they did, we say, mm, I should be patient. I should be patient. Can you imagine that lady didn't know that she was going to be promoted? I mean, we have to make some staffing changes immediately. Yeah. Pride. I would rather quit than be fired. That's what made her quit. But it was promotion that was coming. It was a test. Now, somebody has been provoked to do good works. It happened because of the assembly. It happened because of the assembly. The assembly is powerful. It provokes you to love and to good works. One person was fighting with a neighbor. Screamings and all. And then that he said, you watch, wait here. It's Sunday, I'm going to church. When I come back, you see what I'll do to you. I don't have time for this nonsense. I have to go to church. So you wait. When I come back, you see real power. know the person went and came back she was sober she had been provoked to love and to good works clap for the Lord Jesus she went and told the lady I forgive you I forgive you the power of the assembly ladies and gentlemen I am here to submit to you that when we assemble our value goes up supernatural things happen yeah this is God saying let us consider one another to provoke one another to love. I would never have thought about preaching. Never. Me. The kind of person I was. But as I came to the assembly, I was provoked. Provoked by the word. Provoked by one another. Provoked to love. And to do good works. Instead of pimping. I am actually now pimping for God. Or pimping for sugar daddies. The sugar daddy who gets the people I speak to is God. I talk to people to come to God. Yeah. Did you know that Christians don't understand the power of going to church? Many. Most. They'll tell you, oh, what's the big deal? I'd rather I hear people, oh, uh, church is in your heart. Church is in what to do. Nonsense. Someone say nonsense. Do you know what nonsense means? Noise and make noise that makes no sense nonsense 
even Satan, even the devil knows about going to church and the devil goes to church. The devil enters the assembly. The devil knows the power of the assembly. Job chapter 1 from verse 6. Yeah. Christians don't seem to understand. Today, may you never miss an assembly in the name of Jesus Christ. See the power. Job chapter 1 and verse 6. Bible says there was a day. God called his children together. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before God. Now, what is this? And Satan came along also. And Satan came along also. And Satan came along also. Let me tell you, Satan can make you sleep, but you come to church. Oh yeah, and come early too. There was a day, like a Sunday, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And the children of God who come. And Satan came also among them. That means that you thought that, oh, I'm just with Satan was in church. Satan knows the power of the assembly, but Christians don't. You hear arguments by Christians. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I have to get a second job. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Okay. Amen. You see, you hear. Oh, you know. Today I'll do Zoom church. Forget. Oh, you know, I went to work, so I'm sleeping. I know some people, they, they, Sunday they don't go to work. Only they go to work in the night. They come. But they sleep because I went to church. I went to work. Meanwhile, there are people who go to work at night, but they get a second job at nine and they go. Sometimes I feel that, Lord, people really don't love. Even Satan loves you more than others. Church members. Serious. Satan. Satan was there. Tell somebody, Satan was there. Turn to somebody say, you are better than Satan. And tell the person, I am better than Satan. And guess what? Verse 2. God talked to him. God is a man who is in church. He talked to you. And the Lord spoke to Satan. Are you not better? God wants to speak to you. Because you are not there, God had to speak to Satan. When did you come from? Where did you come from? Then Satan answered, said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down in it. Then the next verse, verse 8. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth. A perfect and upright man. One that fears God and eschews evil. Then the next verse. Then Satan answered. You know, Satan doesn't only go to church, but he's interactive in church. He relates. He prays to God. God, I've been going. I have nothing to do. Can you give me a job? Can you give me something to do? Then Satan answered, Does Job fear you for nothing? And the next verse. And have you not made a hedge about him? And all? You all know this story. And God ultimately gave Job, uh, Satan a job. Go and I release Job to you. Satan was going to and fro, has no job, nothing to do, came to the house of God and then got an inspiration. Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you is that 
if Satan is not afraid of the presence of God, when he makes people sleep, have excuses, when he makes people have all kinds of religious nonsense, do you know religious nonsense? It's not a church that's going to make me anything. It's not a church. Oh, the church, they are all in for money. All, all kinds of religious nonsense. Arguments that don't yield anything. When the devil put the arguments there, has gone to church. It's amazing. So, God knows that it's important. Satan knows it's important and even acts on it. Now, Jesus knows it's important too. Because Jesus is also at the assembly. Did you know Jesus is also at the assembly? Matthew chapter 18 verse 20 says, Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I'm there. So real children of God, even if you are backslidden like Satan, you should know the importance of the presence of God. Jesus was not backslidden. He knew the importance of God. These are all God's children. Did you know Satan, the angels are here, the Holy Spirit is here, Jesus is here. Satan, from what we are hearing, also goes to church. It also means that when you go to church, don't just go to church for going to church, says. Because even Satan goes. So go to church properly and worship. Gather in the name of the Lord, not in for any other reason. But Jesus, that is him. But two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of so when you look at the array of stars that are in church, you better be there. You better be there. You know, last week, I think Kirk Franklin was here in town. Um, Israel Hutton was here in town. Um, who else was there? The Clark sisters were here in town. Who else? Tri Tribet was here in town then. Tamela Mann with her husband were all here in town and people really gathered it was an assembly of stars the place was packed when you hear jesus is here you better be here you better be here amen amen the beautiful thing about this is that why is it uh, the bible says in psalm 133 from verse 1 it says that behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in harmony. I should say it again. Behold, how good, how pleasant. It's a good thing. It's a pleasant thing. When brethren dwell together in what? In foolishness. In unity. Now, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Do you know why it's good and pleasant? Should I show you? Bible says the next. It's like the ointment or the anointing. You know the anointing breaks down the yoke. That was on the head. That ran down the beard of Aaron. Ran down to the edge of his garment. Amen. And the Bible says that the last part. He says the last one, he says, for there, in that atmosphere, there, the Lord commands the blessing. There is a commanded blessing for you. Even life forevermore. 
It's not a suggested blessing. It's a commanded blessing. Do you know what a command is? You've been commanded. It means you have no choice but to respond. In this place, there is a commanded blessing. The blessing is not a suggestion. The blessing is not... There are no options. It's commanded. It's a command. When God commands, it happens. There is a blessing in the church. Somebody say there's a blessing. And the blessing is commanded. Yeah. It's like it's a veto. It's like nothing can be done. It's a blessing. There, in that atmosphere, is no wonder Satan likes it because he knows that's where the commanded blessing of the Lord is. The blessings of the Lord are everywhere. Fine. But there's a place where there is the commanded blessing. The Lord commands the blessing. The blessing. And it's life forevermore. The Lord commands the blessing. The command comes from the Lord. Yeah. The command comes from the Lord. You know, one time we had groupings. You know, we call something lay presidents. And I'm the chairman of the lay presidents. What do you call the lay well? And then we had groupings. And everybody's supposed to find a group, find a group, find a group, find a group. I realized that everybody was trying to come to my group. Because that's where the chairman is. It's like if you get to this group, because the chairman is there, everything is likely, it's like, it's like the commanded blessing is there. Amen. Did you know that, I think it's Isaiah 65 verse 8. Please find out. He says, there's somebody says, destroy it, destroy it. And the Lord said, no, don't destroy it. Listen to it. He says, that said the Lord. As the new wine is found in the cluster. Cluster means a group of people. And one says, do not destroy it. Why? Because there's a blessing in it. I'll say it again. That says the Lord. As the new wine is found in the cluster. In the cluster, the new wine is found in the cluster. You know what is used for wine? Grapes, right? It's found in a cluster. And wine says, this is the thing, you can't destroy it. This cannot be destroyed. Why? Because there's a blessing in it. So will I do for my servant's sake that I may not destroy them. He said, where there's a blessing, destruction cannot easily happen. You're among the cluster. Tell somebody, be among the blessed cluster. The blessed cluster. The best, the blessed cluster. There's a cluster they want to destroy. They say, no, no, you can't destroy this cluster because there's a blessing in it. There is a blessing in it. Someone said, there's a blessing in this church. There's a blessing in this church. There is a blessing in this church. There is a blessing in this church. I told you about my dream that I had and I was about to be killed. But when the ladder came from the floor to the top and I ran on the ladder and I saw a man had been white. The man pointed and said, all the enemies have been destroyed because you cannot be destroyed. And then the interpretation that the man gave me, a man with beard, white, big, on top, said, ever since you put your foot in the church, look, I don't remember the last time I missed a service. I can assure you. A church service, even if I'm in Alaska, says the day you put your hand, leg on it that's it i'm changed i'm just i'm every destructive tendency is gone there's a blessing on my life there's a blessing on my life because i'm in the cluster of the blessed 
I'm in the cluster of the blessed. I'm in the cluster of the blessed. It doesn't matter where I came from. It doesn't matter whether I was in China. Once I come to the assembly plant, I am blessed. Value is put on me. Yeah. Chevy is Chevy. You don't just call the tire. Oh, you're not Chevy. No. I don't know whether it's Firestone, whether it came from what? What are the tire companies? What? Kumo, whatever it is. We don't look at the tire. We said this is the Chevy Impala. And they put the price on it. You buy it. It doesn't matter where the tires came from. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Because the tire was assembled with Chevy. Connected with Chevy. The value goes up. The value just goes up. It's different when you buy Kumo different separately. Which when it's not on Chevy. But once it's on Chevy, they put the price of the Chevy on it. Buy it or leave it. Destroy it not. For there is a blessing in it. May God put a blessing on you because of your assembly plant. Because of who you assembled with. Amen. So it's a very great blessing. So what are some of the powerful effects of this assembly? When you assemble, what are some of the powerful effects? I'm sure you've gotten to know some already. I'm sure just by the introduction, you are convinced even the more. I am not surprised. You know, church is one of the easiest, the, what is it, can I call it? The, the, the easy targets, the soft targets that are affected when uh, somebody wants to rule out, oh, what, what should I get rid of? Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch it on a Sunday. You have a party to go to. You have a game to watch. You have homework to do. You have, talk about anything. You know, a job alternative, extra job or you know, overtime and everything. The thing that people drop the easiest is church. And I mean Christians. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean Christians. Do you know today you had the chance to work? I flew in. I gave that option to somebody because there's a blessing in it. There's a blessing. It's not that we can't Get people to preach. You can, you know, Lady Pastor Victoria preaches powerfully. Lady Pastor Devonia has preached here. Pastor Richard preached last week. They sometimes even preach better than me. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Until Amina can preach very powerfully. She can sing her sermon on the prayer line. She sings, you can feel the anointing. So it's not for lack of people to preach. That is because there's a blessing in it. Someone said there's a blessing in it. Yeah, for my servant's sake. For my servant's sake. For my servant's sake. For my servant's sake. Bible says the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into him and they are safe. And they are safe. And they are safe. Your safety is in the Lord. Your blessing is in the Lord. Your covering is in the Lord. How do I know? Powerful effects of the assembly. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 26. The Bible says, How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification 
in other words when you come to the church of god there are different aspects of the blessing by all means some will reach you by all means some will touch you amen some will by all means touch you so it's a very complex comprehensive package that god has given to us amen very comprehensive package now the book of acts chapter 20 verse 29 i want to read something as an introduction as i'm talking to you about the powerful effects acts chapter 20 verse number 29 says for i know this paul was leaving and telling them what is going to happen to the church i know this that after my departure savage wolves wolves if our king james says grievous wolves it's also called savage wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock sometimes somebody will even offend you you say i'm not going to be in the church anymore savage wolves look let me tell you the people that say the worst things about the church is not unbelievers oh yeah 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 yeah. i'll say it again the worst statements made about the church has never come from unbelievers come from believers offended believers we have lost more church members through people who are offended than through the world yeah when one church member decides i don't want to be in this church anymore the evil that comes i can only liken it to a wife who decides i'm not going to be married to this man anymore the wickedness they can say you will never believe that they once slept with this in the same bed in the same house you will never believe that they have children they've worked together they've had children amazing very destructive even to the children that was born of that union wicked 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 so the devil doesn't need to do much work he sublets the work to the Christians they are more effective oh yeah Christians are more effective destroying the church than the world what can the world say anything yo this they don't know what they are talking about but when a Christian says sick they know what they are talking about Paul said I know not that I think what Paul said I know that after my departing grievous savage wolves will enter among you and they will not spare the flock church members have been more lost through evils of other church members than through what the world did to them may you never be a wolf in Jesus name never be a wolf in sheep's clothing the bible calls it wolves in sheep clothing look when you see the way people sing the way people sit the way people you would think they are sheep some of them are in wolves in sheep clothing but they are wolves yeah tell somebody it's not you and say it's not me either tell somebody they are not here they don't belong here not in this church tell somebody if they are we have changed 
believe it. Paul said it. He said, I know it. I know it. Let me ask you, the worst thing you've heard about the church usually came from somebody who is in the church has left or has been offended, I tell you. In fact, in fact, as you are sitting here, whether you are receiving from me or not depends on what you have heard and not from an, evil, not from an unbeliever, but from a believer. Wickedness. Some people who are not anymore in church because of what they heard, even sometimes from pastors. Yeah. So me, I blot out everything. I said, it's about, you know, Bible says, what God has put together, let not man put asunder. Because it's going to be man. Me, I don't listen to anything from anybody. When it comes to my marriage, you can say what you want. When you finish speaking, you, you go and live in your house. When it's time for me to eat, who will give me food? When I have an issue and they have to call for whatever, who will do it? You'll be in your somewhere. Let me tell you, Satan is very wicked. He has assigned wolves. Anything that you've heard about the church that has affected your Christianity, that has affected your church going, throw it out before it destroys you. When God created the church of the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve being the only two church members, when Satan wanted to destroy the church, he became a wolf and spoke an evil thing to Eve. That was it. Eve affected Adam. That was the end of the church. And he came smiling. And he came as a supporter. And he came into the church, the Garden Church. I'm a member. Has pastor really said this? Is that what pastor said? You see, I told you, these, ch- these pastors, they're all the same. These churches, they're all the same. This is this, this is this, this is this. It's the devil directly. His strategies have not changed. What he used to disrupt the first church. And in the end, what happened? Adam and Eve lost their relationship with God. Look at how much we're suffering. We're trying to get back. And even if we're trying to get back, the church is the salvaging mechanism. Now, savage wolves have come to take us away from the salvaging mechanism. Savage wolves. That's why the church doesn't often grow to a certain point. Because that thing is still happening. Paul said, listen, I'm saying all this so that what I'm coming to tell you about the powerful effects will neutralize the effect of the savage wolves. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Because savage wolves, they'll come in your mind. They'll come through your job. They'll come through everything. And they have a way of making you believe. Savage wolves will come. But ladies and gentlemen, in, it is better to be in a church that even has issues. Every family has issues. Than to be out there in the world. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse number 4. Watch this. Verse number 5. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse number 5. Savage wolves! Ezekiel chapter 34. And verse number five. The Bible says that the sheep were scattered and they were now becoming prey. And they were scattered and there was no shepherd. And they became meat or prey, meat to the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happened. You are safer here. Out there, the Bible says outside are the dogs. They become meat. The devil will not have meat to eat from you anymore. 
because you will not step out yeah and when you hear people who don't want to go to church the confidence with which they analyze and they speak they are anointed by the devil oh yeah oh the words religious words jargons arguments logic no seriously i mean all of us have had that before have you felt like not coming to church and you were convinced you shouldn't anybody that has happened before not now but it's happened before me it happened before me hey emmanuel what was your argument what was your argument about the asha well christianity is in the heart it's not about what i do Ah, uh-huh. listen oh christianity is not about what i do it's not about going to church it's more about what i feel in the heart yeah one time an asha just said you can't sit here you should go and sit there that was it he told me that story he said that was it from that time he has not gone he told me when he came here so light i said i'm happy because the last time i went to a lighthouse some asha really did me in she told me the story and i'm looking at it and i'm saying look the devil is wicked eh? as you can see that's not his mind he really wants to be in church but what the asha did just move from here go and sit in front you see how the asha sit in front some people they've sat been brought to the front because of that they have not gone to church anymore savage wolves but let me tell you the powerful effects that can neutralize the wolf effect you will not become meat to the beast of the field you will not become meat. the first thing is the assembly is powerful because it is a place for edification someone say edification it's a place for edification let me read the scripture in first corinthians chapter 14 from verse 1 to 4 i want to read first corinthians the whole of first corinthians is about church how to operate the church first corinthians chapter 14 from verse number one now this 14 first corinthians chapter 14 verse number one okay let's read follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts but rather that you may prophesy now watch this for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to god for no man understands him however in the spirit he speaks mysteries but he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification somebody say edification and exhortation and comfort these are powerful effects of the church edification exhortation or encouragement comfort yeah amen he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself but he that prophesies edifies the whole body of christ the church but that's the best form. Edifies the church. What is this edification we're talking about? Hallelujah. To edify means to build up and to strengthen. He says when you come to church, you hear two things. You hear people doing things for themselves. And you hear two people, the things are bad for all of us. The prophecy is to build up people. Word is prophecy. Word. Bible calls the word of God the sure word of prophecy yeah i think it's first um peter i think it's first peter 
is that correct chapter 2 final well the bible is called the sure this we also have this sure word of prophecy that's what the bible says a sure word of prophecy so preaching a sure word of prophecy the bible says when you come to church and you hear preaching you hear prophecy you hear prophecy prophecy edifies builds up strengthens strengthens it means to strengthen so one the powerful effect is edification which means strengthen for example as you come here and we tell you the fact that grievous with that excuses are the things that make you not come now when excuses come to you in the morning on sunday you'll be strengthened to come a strength have you heard there's strength in numbers before have you heard psalm 84 verse 7 bible says they grow from strength to strength everyone that makes an appearance in zion your christianity is stronger since you joined the church than since you when you were not here why because of edification the word of god builds you up strengthens you makes you stronger yeah makes you stronger some of us would never have worshipped but for the preaching some of us would never have loved we would never have even spoken to one another but except that when i preached it's strengthening it's strengthening it is strengthening it will strengthen you it will make you stronger you are stronger as a christian who goes to church than as a christian who just stays out there there's strength in numbers when you see have you gone to a game park before or have you watched even as the lions are there and they are trying to attack they can't attack people a herd of buffaloes or a herd of whatever the animals are they can't even try they, it is the one that is separated because there's strength in numbers because there's building up do you know building up building up edification means you are charged you are charged to do good you are provoked unto good works you are building up step after step, block after block. Numbers. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 verse 7. It says, iron sharpens iron. So does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. Yeah. Sometimes you are not going to church and somebody calls you, I'm going to church. When are you coming? Then you are strengthened. Sometimes you come. Even the prayer will strengthen you. The worship will strengthen you. The faces will strengthen you. Even the skate by the volante. It brings strength. Yeah. Now that you know, for example, that Satan also goes to church. Are you not feeling stronger about going to church? You tell yourself, I'm better than the devil. I'm better than Satan. You tell yourself, it's better to be in the cluster. It strengthens you. It builds you up. I'm a stronger Christian through church than when I was alone. Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. To edify is to strengthen. It also means to enlighten. Write it down. To enlighten. To edify means to enlighten. Enlightenment says light has come. Truth has come. Ah, revelation has come. When you come to church, you get revelation. To enlighten. Enlighten people are also it also means to educate to educate to train to educate you get to know knowledge comes to have knowledge for example next time that you feel like i'm not going to church the knowledge and the revelation on the new light that has come 
through edification will make you stabilize. There's understanding. There's understanding. I tell you, he said they became meat for the wolves. They became meat for the beasts of the field. It means that beasts of the field can attack you. But now when you have knowledge and edification, they can't. The separated person will be affected. But not you. Tell somebody, not me. Tell somebody, minus me. I am not separated. I am edified. It brings edification, 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 edification. Building up, educating. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. My people are destroyed because of what? Lack of knowledge. You remember the cluster of grapes? They are destroyed only when they don't know. But now that you know, you keep yourself in there. It says destroy it not because there's a blessing. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. There's a blessing. There is a blessing. There is a blessing. Let me tell you something about Job and about Cornelius. Job partly was the reason for the destruction of his family. Job never took his children. He was always in church. He never took his children to church. Job was always praying, but he never let his children pray. Job would, when the children are sinful and they do anything, Job chapter 1 verse 5, he went and he prayed for his children. They sinned, he prayed for them. Don't go to church, I'll go to church for you. When distraction came, they were affected, but Job was spared. But Cornelius, Cornelius, he and his children all the time praying. Even when Peter came to visit Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, Bible says he had come with all his children and all. When Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of them and they began to prophesy. All the children, but for the Lord Jesus, all of them, all of them. While Peter was preaching in church, the Holy Spirit fell upon all of them who heard the word. And these were the children of Cornelius. Cornelius is so family. His kinsfolk, if you look earlier, he came with his kinsfolk. Countrymen. So, your edification means to build up, to strengthen, to enlighten, to educate, to teach, to bring upliftment. Look at that. Look at that. Cornelius. So good. The following day, he enters. Now, Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. He had a service for them. Yeah. One time, somebody, a wife was slapping and beating and using knife on the husband. And they called our bishop to come and intervene. When bishop had finished sorting out the thing, he asked the gentleman, where did you find this girl? Where did you find this girl? He said, oh, it was uh, at a strip club. <laughs> uh -huh, that's why you are being stripped of everything <laughs> if you had found in church properly chances are that you would have heard the same thing built up for you built up for you many of you the reason why your children are not slapping you is because they are in church clap for the Lord Jesus oh yes if you like instead of giving them offering to give in church give them money for Nikes the Nikes will be used to kick you because they are in church, because they hear, honor your father and your mother. They are built up. They have knowledge. They know that dishonoring their parents will lead them not to do well. It uplifts them. It blesses them. 
I am a better person because I really lived my life in church. I'm a better person. Number two, the power of the assembly. Number two, the assembly is powerful because it is a place of encouragement or exhortation. Encouragement. How many are encouraged because you came to church? Sometimes you come, you don't even know what is wrong. You have a, a, a spirit of heaviness. By the time you leave, you don't know what happened, but I'm happy again. You have been encouraged. You have been encouraged. Encouraged. Bible says that prophecy brings edification, comfort. I mean, exhortation, which is encouragement. You know that, what that means? That means to be called aside to be strengthened. Call somebody aside to strengthen. You know, the, the thing that comes to me is they are playing a basketball game and you're losing. Huh? And the coach calls a timeout. And then comes. And everybody comes together. And they say, you know, that guy, that's LeBron James. We're going to, all our forces are going to be on him. If you neutralize him, we'll win. So these guys were discouraged. They were supposed to win championship. And they were going down. Suddenly they were called aside to strengthen them. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. And they are giving strategies of how to do it. And they all aim their attacks and defense on that LeBron James. Suddenly they level up. And then suddenly they have to retire LeBron because he's so tired. He's been attacked by everybody. Because they were strengthened. They were called aside to be strengthened. Exhortation is to call aside to strengthen. God has called you aside to encourage you. God has called you aside to encourage you. Let me tell you, Israel, we're going for the war. And then the, the, the Exodus chapter 14, bring verse 13 and 14. They were going. And at a point, they were weak. What? Did you bring us here to kill us? These people are about to, to, to destroy us. We are meeting the Red Seas in front. Pharaoh and his armies are behind. What shall we do? And Moses called the people aside and gave a sermon. He said, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall show you today. Accomplish. For the Egyptians you see today, you shall see them no more forever again. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And everyone said, yes, we can do it. God is going to do it. And then verse 14, look at what happened. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Listen, sometimes you are so discouraged. Life has pressures. Life has curses, discouragements. Look at the lady. She was fired or she quit, she claims. But she was really, I mean, she, was, she thought she was being fired. So she went back to help people in church and they said no of course there will always be a bad nut who said I don't care but she had a friend who said no 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 be patient he said God had called him aside because of the church they were in he said no no you have to have patience maybe you are offended maybe you are too proud go back and just appeal to your boss again you're going to get that job you're going to do this and then that when the lady just went back and spoke in that she got her job at clap for the Lord Jesus and she was very happy it's called exhortation it's called courage it's called encouragement that's the reason why when you come to church and you with your nice face you don't say anything to the person it's not nice you tell the person your shoes are nice your shoes are nice 
Uh, is he trying to say the shoes are nice too? Look at that. I mean, look at these shoes. Are they not nice? Are they not nice shoes? Are they not nice shoes? Very nice, even inside. Look at that. The blood. The blood. Inside is the blood. You may see the black eyes. Look at such nice shoes. And he wears the same size as me, too. What? What a blessing. Oh. Wow. The shoes are not going home again. Oh, it's not working. Oh, it worked. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Wow. Because I came to church, I've been encouraged with some shoes. Bring the other one, brother. Bring the other one. Release it, brother. Quickly. Hallelujah. What a blessing. I came with some old shoes. I live with new shoes. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Encouragement. He's encouraging. He's trying to say, Pastor, preach more. These shoes, you see, I can run with it. Hey. I'll not be ashamed to lift it up like that. I've been encouraged. Suddenly, I'm preaching more. Say hello to somebody. Tell somebody it's a blessing to see you. Tell somebody it's going to be well with you. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. This is where you hear. Where do you hear such uplifting messages preached by the church? Some of us could have been committing suicide. Some of us could have been divorced. Some of us could have given up on our jobs. But when you come to church, something about the service it's called the spirit of comfort, the Holy Spirit. It's called the spirit of encouragement, the spirit of exhortation. Suddenly you feel strong again. I can preach again. I can live the Christian life. I don't have to kill myself. I'm going to try again. Yes. The first thing I heard when I failed an exam, a pastor told me, you're not a failure. You just had a failed attempt at the exam. Wow, I said, I never thought about it that way. I failed an exam. I thought I was a failure. Everybody else was doing well. And my pastor called me and said, no, you're not a failure. Don't put a failure on yourself. Go and try again. It was a failed attempt, but you are not a failure. And truly, I went and I tried again. Look at me. I'm a champion now. Clap for the Lord Jesus. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. That's the word. Yeah. Somebody told another person, you will never amount to anything good, but he went to church. He said, ah, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You will be above always and never beneath. You don't know how those words will happen, but words have power. Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Sometimes you come from a home where you've been insulted, you've been abused, you have not cherished, you are not valued, but you come to church and they said, man, you know, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are his works. You are beautifully made. All those encouragement. Some of you never thought you could be married. But they told you it is well with you. You are a blessing. You are great. God will be with you. That's the word. That's exhortation. That's why Satan does not want you to be here. That is why many are not here. Because they are discouraged and they are out there. Out there rather. Jesus says, come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. So the little fights that you have with each other in church, notwithstanding, there is a coach here. There's God is coaching us, comforting us, exhorting, encouraging us, uplifting us, strengthening us. You will be the next person to be strengthened. Let me tell you in Nehemiah chapter 8, that people had read the word of God. They were sad. They were repentant, but they were fear, crying, sorrowing. Nehemiah got up. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. 
He said, no, 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 no. This is not a time to cry. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Be happy in the Lord. He said, no, no, no. Stop crying. Stop crying. We don't have any time for crying at all. God showed you what you did wrong. He's not trying to kill you. Because he reveals to redeem. He's trying to help you. He said, then he said to them, bring it up. Then he said to them, go your way, eat fat, drink sweet. Somebody say, eat fat, drink sweet. Wow. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, not just drink, drink the sweet. Eat the fat, not just the lean. And send portions to those from whom they are prepared. For this is a holy day of the Lord. Do not sorrow because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You are the next happiest person. You are the next person to be blessed. You are the next person to be uplifted. Ah, the devil sought to sift you like wheat. But I can assure you, as you come day by day, he will call you aside and strengthen you, uplift you, educate you, teach you, build you up, and set you off again. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I am not lost for time. I'm not lost for words, but I'm just lost for time. So we'll come your way again next week for part two of this uplifting message about the assembly. This is your usual host, Reverend Kojo Orleans Lacey, signing off. Rise to your feet. Put your hand together. I will never stop coming to church. That's why you made a mistake. When that's your roommate or that's your friend who was sorrowing, you left the friend saying, look, let me finish going to church and I'll come and talk to you. No, bring them in. Bring them in. Tell somebody, bring them in. They need the Lord. They need the courage. They need the strength. Today we put some food together to encourage you. Today we put some party together when you close. We want to start family again. See the play that you saw? You're going to see more of such place to encourage you. More of singing. The children's church, the adult church, the, the volunteer church. Every little group, they're going to come here. You watch it. The centers are going to perform skits for you. And you're going to really enjoy the church even more. So that I will tell you there's a blessing in this church. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now put your hand on your heart and let's pray. What a blessing. Tell somebody I'm so blessed to be in church. Tell somebody I'm so blessed. I even got a shoe out of it. Ooh, glory. 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 Someone say glory. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shake your right foot and say hallelujah. Amen. If God has blessed your feet like mine. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord for his goodness. Tell the Lord I appreciate your church. It's not boring. It's a blessing. It's not a problem. It's a solution. It's not useless. It's valuable. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I am encouraged. I am blessed. I am not going to come alone. I'm going to come with somebody. A friend of mine. A neighbor. A classmate. A schoolmate. Thank you. Now, if you're here, you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You came to church. But you want to have a deep relationship with God. You want to start afresh and be sure that Jesus is in your heart. You want to give your life to Jesus for real, for real, for real. For real. 
this is your time it's just a prayer away a prayer of faith if you are here like that and you want to surrender to the lordship of jesus christ you want to give in to the lord lift up your right hand wherever you are you want to give your life god bless you somebody else you want to give your life you want to surrender say lord have me final have me and use me god bless i'll pray wherever you are lift up your right hand or left hand whichever wherever you are lift it up and i want to pray with you come come to the front let me pray for you clap for the lord jesus come come to the front come come if you lifted your hand come clap for them clap for them as they come clap 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 oh yes you can sit, stand right here now right here please guide him right here oh god bless you brother there's a blessing on your life i tell you there's a blessing on your life father touch him use him for your glory glorify your name in his life hallelujah say this after me may the congregation join say almighty father thank you for your love i accept your salvation i know that i am a sinner but you still love me thank you for forgiving me wash me in the blood of jesus wipe away all my sins because i believe that jesus is the christ the son of the living god he died for me and god raised him from the dead by this faith and by this confession i am born again i am a child of god please write my name in the book of life and fill me with your holy spirit in jesus mighty name amen god bless you may god retain you forever for his kingdom in jesus name amen you're blessed amen wow weren't you blessed by that anointed word of god Come join our services this and every Sunday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time in person at 5796 Shelby Oaks Drive, Memphis, Tennessee. Be blessed.